I think I'm in the minor. I don't know. I think people probably like pet names. People like lovey-dovey things. I think this is really weird. (laughs) Like flower on the first date weird? Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. That's not weird, people. It's totally weird. Oh, my God. I'm like doing the silent laugh. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, how are you? I'm so tired. I think we both are. Um, <laughs> it's We are recording this over Halloween weekend, and my- It is, it is currally Halloween, like tech, literal. Yes, it is currently Halloween, and my friends, who are twins, their birthday is October 30th, and so they every year do a Halloween-themed birthday party, and- it is a recurring thing that I make jello shots, we play games, it's a great time, but all of us are deeply unwell this morning, and uh, actually, yeah. I- I'm actually not that unwell. I'm like pretty okay. I remembered to take my, you know, whatever anti-hangover pill before, whatever that does, if, it, if you know, people can tell us that's bullshit, but glad I did it. And um, I did the same. I don't think it's bullshit. Thank you. But yeah, no, it was a, we had a great time. It was very fun. We played a new game called Incoherent where you like, you're showing your team a nonsense phrase and you are looking at a real phrase and they are trying to guess what the real phrase is. I don't, have you seen this on TikTok? I think, I think this rings a bell. Yeah. It's so funny. It's actually been driving me wild because I, um, this I have played this game before, other another name, and it was also not it didn't have like adult, you know, turns of phrase. Yeah. But I mean I, I can it's in the same genre as Balderdash. It, it was in that is, same like, so around funny the you same say that. That is the name era. that's stuck in my head, but I know that's not it because I know it's what Balderdash, not Balderdash is. It's not Balderdash, but I feel like it was around that same era of game. Yes. And like in that same Neck of the woods. Mad anyway, Gab. it was called Mad Gab. Was it Mad Gab? It was. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. Then it was. Um, well, that sounds fun. Thank goodness. Wow. That. It, yeah. So that was very fun. That was a new game for everybody. And um, and also the classmate and I did a little like midweek change of scenery, work from like work from home change of scenery to Ojai, and that was super super fun it was just like really nice to it's an hour and a half drive out of LA it was so easy I highly recommend we stayed at this really cute place called the Capri Hotel my friend had actually just been there and I was joking that I was influenced by her and um yeah it was just like a great time it's very bare bones like they don't have a restaurant or anything but because of that they let you like byo or like eat like you know bring in food they let you just like do whatever around the property we work from the pool it was just really nice that sounds lovely yeah um also kudos to you and your professionalism because i was muted having an absolute nightmare of a sneezing fit during almost that entire update and you just carried on like a total pro (laughs) i truly was like stall for time stall for time (laughs) Very, very well done. Very well done. Good job. Thank you. But okay, you're the one with the real updates. So let's go. Yes. So I first want to give the listeners like a little bit of behind the scenes on the timing of this yes. recording. 
So in our topic talk section, you're going to hear an interview that we did with Sean Galanos, who is a love coach. He has online courses about intimacy and communication tools. He is awesome. I've been talking to him on Instagram for almost since I started my account, honestly. And so that is the topic talk section of the episode. And we also did our weird or not with him. Timing-wise, though, we recorded that early in the week. I think it was on Tuesday or Monday. Yeah, Tuesday. And so now it is Sunday, Halloween, and we talked about stuff with Sean that I'm going to now update on. So I wanted the listeners to kind of know that that conversation with Sean happened early in the week because some of the stuff that I'm about to say now will will be like very It'll make some of the stuff I talked about like seem outdated. So I just wanted to be super transparent about that timeline. Yes. I think that that, that was necessary backstory. Yes. So, okay. So this weekend I went away to the Poconos with a group of 16 friends. And it's something – this is now our second year doing this Halloween trip where we obviously all dress in costume, but we do like a big game day um, last year it was survivor themed. This year it was didn't really well, technically the theme was brains versus bros, where like every other game was like a brawn. No, yeah, brains versus bros, where like every other game was like a true drinking game or like kind of more of a mental game. And mm-hmm. it alternated back and forth. Um so super fun, but similarly to you, I'm exhausted today. Yes. So I was On this trip, um, as the listeners know, um, because I posted videos about it, I went on my fifth date with the three-peat on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And I, first of all, have to say before I give my update that I am so fucking proud of myself, Rourke, because I put our advice and Kirsty's advice into action and I talked to him about our kissing styles. I am so proud of you. I I, Honestly, so – so he came over. We had a movie night in. Both of us had had super hectic weeks and like didn't feel like going anywhere. We ordered sushi. We watched a rom-com on Netflix. And we were like watching the movie and, you know, kind of were cuddling, et cetera. And then he went to kiss me. And my initial reaction was like fight or flight where I was going to choose flight. This is – that like, is so not good. Yeah, in the sense of like, oh my God, I'm anxious about having this conversation. Like, this is bad. I don't like this. I'm just going to retreat into myself and say I'm tired because it's 1 a.m. Yeah. And like push this down the road. Kick the can. But I didn't do that. A plus. I instead had – honestly, it was like the exact conversation that we had with Kirsty last week about – Maybe we could try this and, you know, just kind of like talk to him about it. As expected, he reacted extremely well, even like made a little couple little jokes about it and it got better. And in my head, I was like, yeah, my head, I was like, okay, maybe this is something we can work on, you know, but I, I was still quite hesitant because it wasn't you know, all the way there and I, I still wasn't sure and I've never really been in this position where I've needed to work on the physical aspect of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the night was really wonderful. We had great conversation. It's just it was just that one that one piece. Yeah. Um I, I mean I talked to you the next day. I was feeling like cautiously optimistic. Yes. I would say. So that was Friday. I left Friday afternoon to drive down to the Poconos with my friends. The reason we hung out on Thursday night is because of this trip. So yeah. like he knew that I was 
driving down and organizing this trip. Like I booked the Airbnb, you know, I was in charge of the grocery shopping, like spearheading this trip. So we got down there a little bit later than planned. I recruited a couple guys to come with me to the grocery store, got our list. You know, I'm like drill sergeanting at the front of the grocery store. Like, okay, you're going to go here. You're going to go here. You know, ready, break kind of moment. We're going to reconvene in aisle five, whatever. I'm like reading off the list of the things that I had assigned my friend Charlie and a text comes through and it's the three-peat and he's ending things. Uh, Yeah. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're, they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink. That is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the Recess Watermelon Mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's an actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious, and you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH, so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I, I have, I, I, I've seen the text. Um, this is not a, you know, this, I, I, I'm not going to act my reaction to this. I, <laughs> I have thoughts. I, 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 I almost want you, what do you want to share about the content of the message? So I, I, I actually was like, has he read my text scripts? That I was agree. my first reaction. Yeah, it was very – He literally said, not the romantic connection I'm looking for. Yeah. And not that I made up those words. That's what he said. And you yeah. know, he said – I basically the gist of it was like I've been reflecting on our dates and I've had a good time with you, but I just don't feel that romantic connection I'm looking for, which is like verbatim from my no ghosting script. He wished me well with my business and my coaching and said like, I hope you find what you're looking for out there. Yeah, a graceful exit, as we, I think, probably could have guessed. Absolutely. I have two questions, or two observations. Number one is that, so I had, I think, texted you on Friday morning asking how you were feeling, you know, the date's over, waking up on a new day, how are you feeling about this man? Mm -hmm. And then you were busy, so, or you were trying to pack and update me simultaneously, and so you recorded me a Marco Polo. Yes. And I was in the car with the classmate while I watched it and I paused it and I said to him, what I find very interesting when Allie tells me about the three-peat is that I'll ask her, how do you feel about him? And she will tell me specific traits of his that she thinks are good. And there was something about like the recaps you were giving me where I'm like, there's something about your interactions with him that isn't like clicking into your feelings, if that makes sense. And so like, I was kind of observing that and I think you were observing that too. And I, and you know, I just edited the podcast that they're about to, they they will have heard that the listeners will have heard last week. And like, I can sort of hear that in you there too. Do you think it's possible that like he was kind of picking up where you were at to, like, wh- wh- what do you think? Did the, like I said, an observation, not really a question, just sort of volleying my thoughts to you. Yeah. And 
I think you're right. I think I was doing those things because I there were so many things about him that I really did like, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed talking to him. I mean, I enjoyed yeah. spending time with him. But yes, I think based on our prior interactions and this, without going into too much detail of you know things he said to me or like anything like that, I think he felt a romantic connection initially. A hundred percent agreed. I don't. Obviously, it was not reciprocated in the same way because I was feeling what I was feeling. And whether he realizes that that happened and then pulled away himself or whether, you know, things changed for him, I don't I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Right. But like I, I do think – I do think that my own feelings had a hand in it. Agreed. Yeah. And because it's it would be entirely fair for him to reach the conclusion of – I'm super excited about this girl. I can tell she's not on the same page with like her level of excitement. I want somebody who's going to be head over heels or I want somebody who's going to be over the moon, whatever. And to say that that is the quote unquote romantic connection he's looking for. Right. Because he's not, because he's not saying like, oh, I'm not attracted to you. And I actually think that this is an important thing to think about when you receive texts like this or when you send texts like this. You're not by saying you don't feel the romantic connection that you're looking for. A connection is a two way thing, mm-hmm. so it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you didn't feel like something could be there. It could be right. that you didn't feel what you wanted to feel coming from them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I don't know if that's the case here. And you know, I yes, we're we're in speculation town. Yes, but and it, it like I often say, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if that's the case here. That, you know, it is what it is. Um, And, you know, so I I got that text and I, like, felt a few things. I felt initially annoyed. Mm -hmm. One, just from a, like, bruised ego, hurt feelings perspective. Like, you know, I I was questioning things with this person and they ended it first. Just like a gut, a gut, you know, unhealthy reaction. Totally fair, though, and relatable. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm sure – People feel that all the time. My second reaction was annoyance at his timing mm-hmm. because he he knew that I was on this group trip. It did not need to happen when it did. And I I, I just wouldn't have done that in the reverse. Like yeah. had I decided after Thursday that I wanted to call things and I knew he was going on a trip out of town with his friends, I would not have sent him that text message while he was on that trip. Yeah. I Just to play a slight devil's advocate – a potential thought that I might have is, oh, you know, maybe she's going to go on this trip and talk about like how into me she is or like how she's so excited to see me again. And then she's going to have egg on her face when she has to be like, well, he ended it. And so maybe I'll save her from sort of having to be positive about me to her friends. And this way she can just, you know, share the whole story and she'll be with her friends, which is a good support system. And like, let's just call it now. And, you know, I, I'm – who the hell knows? I'm th- I'm purely speculating this because we are on a podcast and it – Yeah, sure. Why not? About. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I could, I, could, I could see that. There's a world where that makes sense to me. Yeah, there's a non-zero chance. I, I don't think he put that much thought into it. Agreed. I think he sent it when he decided. I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, oh, I also forgot to mention the fact that I drove my car into a ditch on the way to the grocery store. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't know that. Backed it up into a ditch. Yeah, so like, were you able to get it out? Yeah, I mean, obviously, so we were. It was really scary. 
But we put my car into sport mode. The two guys got behind the car and pushed while I gunned it, and we got ourselves out of this muddy ditch. Amazing. Good work. Which I had sport mode for the win. Yeah. I obviously tried that before they got out of the car. Like it wasn't moving before they were pushing. Um, So now they both get to say that they pushed a car. Very manly, very hot. Good for them. Yeah. So anyway, so like that had happened. Then we get to the grocery store. And so like we get back to the house and they're like, oh, like how was the trip? I'm like, a lot has happened on this trip. Yeah. Emotionally, physically. Yeah. Like I drove into a ditch and got broken up with in the last 45 minutes. Like. How are you? How's your name? How are you doing? Yeah. Here are your bell peppers. Oh, but so, but after all, and I was kind of texting you later that night being like, you know, it doesn't feel good. Even though, even though I think it was the right thing and like I probably would have gotten there myself or who knows maybe we would have been able to work towards something I don't know we'll never know but I still felt ugh about it yeah like yeah, you know yeah. just kind of puny um was the word that I used but then as I thought more which about by it, the way yeah. I read as punny and I was like oh why is she in like a punny mood and then oh, I realized no. Oh, that was funny. Um, wasn't feeling punny. Um, and then, but as I thought about it more yesterday and today, honestly, I haven't thought about it that much. But I think like that kind of just speaks to it. I think that it just made sense. And I also happen to have a first date tonight that I am super excited about. And when I told you about it, I was like, this is before he broke up with me. I was pumped about this first yes. date. Yes, you were very excited. What made you so excited? I just get a really good vibe from this dude. Dang. Okay. I really like his profile. We're calling him the rower. Okay. I love his profile. It's just – it's very like witty and personable and he mentions board games and he's super cute, obviously. Um, otherwise, I, you know. Yeah. Wouldn't have talked about him. Um, and our conversation has just been really fun. Um <laughs> All that being said, we are accidentally doing the exact same date as the three Pete and I did last weekend. As long as the bartender doesn't rat you out, have fun. Uh, Yeah, it is a very small neighborhood bar. Luckily, um, the way the bar is set up, like I don't think we're going to end up sitting at the bar. It's the place where I went and played board games with the three Pete and got into the whole neighborhood tussle about. Right. Um, Are you going to bring board games again or? I am, but I think... Trivial Pursuit, I think, is a little bit too much of a commitment for a first date. Agreed. Especially considering it's Trivial Pursuit from 1975. So yes. it's like extremely difficult. <laughs> um, and Bananagrams is a – I think we talked about this. It's a completely yeah, silent game. So I don't – Yeah, what do you think are first date appropriate board games? I'm going to bring Sushi Go. Oh, love. Yeah, great. Um, and they have – some other games they have Battleship, the three P and I played Battleship. They have Scrabble, and I think Scrabble, although similar to Bananagrams, is it's slower looking. moving. Yes, like Bananagrams is so fast paced that you literally can't talk. I feel like Scrabble, you can kind of like stop the game and talk for a bit, and then continue the game. Yep. Um, I don't know. Should I bring cards? I don't really have any other good games to bring. Yeah, I mean, two person games are tough. That's. Yeah. yeah. We also don't need to play games. Like the oh, totally. bar is I that actually last weekend was the first time I've ever played board games at this bar. Well, there you go. Yeah. And like, I mean I knew, just I see, knew they had them. See where the conversation takes you. Yeah. They also have Jenga. Love. At the at the bar. Which I feel like Jenga is actually a really good first uh first date game. It is, yeah. The 
the classmate is annoyingly good at Jenga. I we played, yeah, we played at, we played in Ojai and both because I brought it and then a bar had the larger scale blocks. Uh-huh. He like really can see where the, like where it's leaning and like where weight is placed. Like he's just yeah. very good at visualizing it. Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll play Jenga. I figured like sushi goes small enough to just fit in my bag. So I don't yes. have to like that's you perfect. Know, bring a tote bag of games with me because he and I didn't discuss it. We talked about the fact that it was a board game bar, but like most board game bar, I, I never told him that I brought my own. Right. So I don't think it's on his radar that he would need to bring his own. Right. Okay. Well, then, I mean, just see, yeah, see where the night takes you. I'm excited yeah. for, I'm like very excited to hear about it. Yeah. But oh, and I do want to just make sure that the listeners know that it was an accident that we're doing the same date it was not my idea to do it to do our date here but he we were talking early in the week he asked about my weekend and what I did and I told him about going to a craft beer bar to play board games because he references board games in his profile right so I like used that as a tie-in obviously I didn't tell him it was a date of course and so then he asked more about the bar he looked it up on his own he thought it sounded really cool and then he had a very great transition to say, like, that sounds like a great place for a first date. Beautiful. And, you know, who am I to be like, ooh, mm, is it? I don't know. No. <laughs> also, you know, obviously New York and L.A. are huge places and there are other cities that are similar. But there are – like, we still live in neighborhoods, right, where the options are not endless. and. Yeah. I have absolutely – there are, like, a couple wine bars that I have definitely gone to, like, multiple first dates to, and that's fine. Like, who cares? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I also- However, I have run into somebody where oh. it was, like, both of our – we went on a first date there, and it was both of our, like, first date spot. Oh, no. And so then I, like, saw him twice more there. That's a Which, like, I don't care. But he – like – I don't care. I said hi, and he ignored me. It was wild. Oh. I was like, that doesn't seem necessary. No. Um, yeah. The one thing that makes me feel better about this is that Copenhagen was my idea when the three Pete and I went there. Like, he didn't previously know about this bar. I knew about this bar. Yes. So it's not like I'm taking over his spot. Right. Yes. N- not that he should be able to lay ownership to a bar right. regardless, but yeah. he definitely – he doesn't even like beer, actually. Oh, that's right. I saw he's a cider man. Yeah. He doesn't like beer, nor does he like dressing up for Halloween. I found that out on Thursday. So. Well. Nor for these reasons, I'm out. So, yeah. Those are my updates. Well, uh, I feel close to death, but off to a first date I go. Yeah. I feel like you're in good – I feel like you're tired but in good spirits. I feel in good spirits. I did not feel in good spirits yesterday. I was actually way more hungover and tired yesterday at the Mm. house due to a just really hard first night than I am today. Great. And what time is – more of a marathon. What time is the day or the date? Um, 7.45. Okay, great. In a little bit. Great. We'll have so much fun. Should we we throw it to Sean to our already recorded portion? Yeah, let's throw it to Sean. We actually did a grab bag episode with him because we got so many good questions from the listeners when we asked for them. So here is our conversation grab bag with Sean Galanos. He is at The Love Drive on Instagram and TikTok. 
so excited for you guys to hear. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week. So, and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrhyde.com slash live to find an easy link also in our bios to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come DC Comedy Loft Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrhyte.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Amazing. And now we are back with Sean. Hi, Sean. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. Oh, hey, great to be here. This is so fun to meet you. I feel like you and Allie have had quite the social media friendship that I've just been like waiting for you to come on. I'm Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Also, I knew you were on the, the wings and that we would eventually have this sort of al- alchemy sort of episode. So I'm pumped. I'm so excited. And also I have to say the listeners are excited because when we posted the little question box for questions for you... I would comfortably say 20 to 30% of them were just hype about you. That's awesome. They're as, they're as pumped as I am, I guess. Yeah. It was very funny. Several, multiple people were like, no question. Just love him. Very excited. <laughs> yeah. I, I, get, I get a lot of that when I ask questions. I get like so many questions, but I, I do get a little bit of like, love your work. Thank you so much for that. And it, it feels nice. It's nice to hear. It does. Um, and I, I actually was trying to think today, Sean, of when you and I first connected. And I actually can't. I feel like it was like a year ago, though. I guess if we had scrolled back far enough in the DMs, we would have figured it out. Should have figured it out before. <laughs> I didn't do my research for this episode, everybody. My bad. I certainly um, don't remember. It's been, a he- it's been a hell of a year. I'll just say that. Uh, you, oh my God, your trajectory in the last year since I've, you know, quote unquote, known you has been incredible. Congratulations, first of all. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. I think just consistency and like a very basic message that people need to hear, right? And and it's not sort of like guru sort of expert level stuff. It's just like really just basic communication that we sort of have forgotten how to do. I yeah. think it's necessary. Oh, I think that's why people resonate with your work so much is because so much of it is really simple, but it's obviously things that people are not thinking about on their own or telling themselves on their own or just scared to say so true i think that's really what it comes down to 
Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll get into a lot of this when we get to the questions, but so many of the questions we got were about direct communication. How do I be honest? How do I be vulnerable? And, you know, obviously these people know and love your work. So they knew you would be well equipped to answer that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay. I'll do my best. Yeah. We're, we're, We've we've put you on there's I think a question about putting somebody on a pedestal. We've put you on a pedestal. There is. Just so you know. There is. Go <laughs> cool. bad. Yeah. Cool. No, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but before we do that, we have a little section that we do on the pod we call Weird or Nah, where and when we have guests on, we like to play it with them. So I mentioned this to you because usually I hide my story from the guests so that they can't get spoiled. Except I realized when I did that that I erased your shares of my story, which I felt were more important. So I so I unhit it and then sent you like an SOS message. Very I'm smooth. so ready. I'm so ready for weird or nah. Yes. Yes, I'm very smooth, Rook. We know this about me. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this week, so what we do is we post a question or we say like a, a statement and then we ask people, is this weird or nah? Nah being not weird. They vote, and then they have the opportunity to explain their vote. I love this so much. So, I, so I, I like take part in some of these, and there's other. I think Acme does it, or we met at Acme yep. does it also. I always vote, but I never clarify why. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, into the voting. I'm, I'm not an explainer. I think that if this wasn't the podcast that I am a part of, I, I would, I would vote and then zip out. <laughs> But to be clear, I'm down to explain my my answers for for the sake of this podcast, of course. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Now it is required. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were like, nah. Nah. <laughs> now to explaining. Go. <laughs> now to explaining. <laughs> um, okay. So this week's Weird or Not is they call you a pet name on the third date. The third – define pet name. So all that is all of the context that the people reading it got. But that is a great uh, clarifying question. Weird. Okay, so you I, think I, it's I, weird. You think. It's what weird. do you think the split is between people who voted weird versus nah? Uh, probably 40-60. Only 40% 40 weird. said weird? Wait, 40 weird, 60 nah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so you I think really that disagree. you're in the minority. I think I'm in the minority. I don't know. I think people probably like pet names. People like lovey-dovey things. I think or this is disagree. really weird. <laughs> Like flower on the first date weird? Yes, exactly. Oh my God. That's not weird, people. It's totally and weird. I sit here, oh my God. I literally I am sitting here. I shit you not, I'm sitting here staring at that carnation from my first date sitting in a glass of water. With the triplet guy or three peat yeah, guy? Yeah, the, th- the three the peat. Yeah. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it it's cute. <laughs> I think it's cute. I think it's cute. Don't get me wrong. The flower on the first date is cute. Uh, I've never done it unless there was a lot of buildup and we sort of maybe we're like friends of friends or there was some sort of connection but certainly not on like a cold first date with someone i met on bumble just not happening i will say i talked about this with some girlfriends who also do listen to the podcast and i'm sure probably participated in the flower weird or not and she is now married to a guy who brought her a bouquet of flowers on the first date see there you go although to be clear a bouquet would a bouquet would be weird for me because what the fuck am i supposed to do with this bouquet bouquet he she explained how he did it he so they knew each other before they were introduced by friends 
And so for their first date, they were meeting at her apartment building and he called and said, hey, I actually like, can I, I told our mutual friend I would get something from you. Like, would it be cool if I just like came up really quickly? So he gave her the flowers in her apartment so she could like put them in water and then they could go to the date. Makes sense. Yeah, Sen- sensible, sensible. Well executed. He through the logistics. Yeah, I mean, He's this coordination, like I put it in my purse. Like it wasn't like I had to, you know. I know. Anyway. anyway. Pre- pretty, anyway, pretty, pretty name. anecdotal. Pretty anecdotal, the, you know, I have a friend who they got married and the dude they got brought the, the bouquet. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying that I, I accept that I'm an outlier on this. I'm just saying that like even in my friends, I am an outlier. What? What was it's the split cool. on what was the split on the like ninety eight two okay <laughs> no it wasn't it was that bad. bad it wasn't that bad I can look at I can look at I'm pretty but, sure it was um eighteen eighty two if you're right, exactly well, right on those numbers I'm gonna laugh but we're okay. part, we're, what we're part you, of the eighteen yeah I think I said because I think I said I'm the eighteen percent I'm looking it up um here it is oh you're so close seventeen eighty three God damn it okay but yeah people thought it was very not weird. What about the uh, the pet names situation? Okay, so oh, okay, so wait, so my my guess, my guess, I think this is very weird. I think it's gonna be like seventy five weird, twenty five nah. I also thought that it was gonna be very weird because I personally find it very weird, but it was only sixty forty. Wait, did Whatever. wait sixty weird? Yeah, You're, sixty weird. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Swapped. Damn it! You got excited for a second, but no. <laughs> I was nailed it. I love nailing it. You know, just right. No, exactly wrong, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, mo- so more people think it's weird. Yeah, it's a little weird people, to call someone sweetie on the Yeah. Date. I, I do think that a lot of it hinges on the question that you asked, Sean, in the beginning of like, how are we defining a pet name? Because a lot of people that said nah in their explanation, they mentioned like inside jokes. So like, yeah, like pump, pumpkin pie or something, you know. There is a difference between a nickname and a pet name. That's true. Yeah. yeah, pet name is like sweetie, babe, baby. Yes. Yeah, honey. Like right. really intimate. Yeah. Even what if I, you've already had sex? Great question, but let's pause because three feet just texted me. And Rourke and I have a nice little streak. She's shaking her head because Rourke and I have a nice little streak that every time we record, the guy I'm dating texts me. Yeah, go off. <laughs> the classmate hasn't texted it's me you. in like 12 it's hours. It's you. You're the reason. I I'm know. giving you props. Anyway. Thank you. I'm your secret um, board. Yours you is called you're... the classmate? Oh, yeah. That's my boyfriend, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. He and I went to elementary school together. Oh, that's so cute. But met on Bumble. Yes. Reconnected Yeah, that happens. Bumble. Yeah, there's some, yeah. some re- reconnections on the yeah. dating apps. Um, so in any case, yes, you're totally right. There's a difference between a pet name and a nickname. And the people who said it was nah, I think we're more talking about the nickname piece. I agree yeah. with you. But I, I think, Sean, you asked like, what if you've already had sex? I still don't want somebody calling me babe after three dates, even in that uh, scenario. I know. I was just looking for some sort of scenario where it would make sense to me. And even then, uh, I don't think it would even like sex is so intimate, but like calling me babe is more intimate somehow. Yes. A hundred percent agreed. Um, and then all the people who said nah said all the things that we're saying. And a lot of them said it in caps. Okay. That means Lots it's of yelling. serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a lot of yelling of the people who thought it was weird. Um, so yeah. So that was this week's Weird or Not. And now 
was telling you before we started, Sean, we do every so often we'll do these grab bag episodes where we just solicit a bunch of questions from our listeners and we kind of go at them rapid fire style. We got so many questions when we told people we were recording with you that we thought we would just do that. Wait, before we do that, when I so I oh, did yeah. actually I accidentally saw your story really quickly, but all I saw was the word pet. And so I was like, oh, it's a thing about pets. It's a yes, weirder not about this pets. is an entire episode actually about pet ownership. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was thinking earlier, I was thinking about this episode and I was like, yeah, okay, so like cat people, you know, weird or not, nah, or dog people, weird or not. Nah. And what I came up with was that like cat people are kind of weird, but dog people are kind of gross. This is already, we are 11 minutes in and this is an inflammatory podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, so because I'm a dog person, I think that like cat people are going to are gonna say that like dog people are kind of gross because dogs are like grosser than cats. You know, they like shed more. Fair. They're just like, they're like slobbery. They lick your face more. And in my experience, cat people, um, and I love cat people, don't get me wrong. But as a dog person, they're a little bit weirder than like, dog people. That's... I think you're probably right. I, you... I struggle because I don't identify as either. Mm, you're just a uh, cat owner. I'm a cat owner for logistical reasons only. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Sean, what is your diagnosis of non-animal people? Mm. Uh, it depends. Some people... Okay, if you actively... Uh, you know what? I think there's room for everybody. If you actively don't like animals because you've had some sort of traumatic experience, like, cool. That's totally legit. I'm not going to try to force my dog onto you. Um, some people just don't have the lifestyle that permits mm -hmm. them to have an animal. Like They really want to. They just can't. And uh, I do find the ones that are just like sort of indifferent to animals in general. Uh, I wouldn't call it a red flag or like a yellow flag. I'd be really curious about the folks yeah. that are just like, eh, you know, pets, like take them or leave them, you know? Maybe we've discovered a future weird or not. Are you just that indifferent towards pets in very. general? Yeah, yeah, she is. That very indifferent feels like you actually have a like a feeling about them. No, my thought is like I don't desire a pet in any shape or form. I'm sure the person I end up with will probably want one because I tend to date people who are like nicer than me. I take other people's pets on a very individualized basis as I take people. Like, I'm not somebody who ever, like, approaches a dog on a street. I want to know that dog and, like, know that it's to my liking personality-wise. And my friends who have multiple dogs, like, I like one of them because it and I have a bond versus the other ones. And, yeah, so I'm just, like, selective about my pets. You like so Logan. As a Logan and you bonded. That is true. Is Logan your cat? Logan is one of my cats. He's the one that uh, was in the screen earlier. Oh, I you have, have more than one cat? I have two cats. They're better together. That's totally legit. I, um, as a dog person, sort of feel the same way you do about pets, Rourke. I'm not like a, I love all pets. In fact, I would prefer that most dogs don't come up to me unless they're like awesome and or well-behaved. Totally. So maybe I'm a bit of an outlier. You know, I have a dog, but um, I don't, I don't just like love all pets. Okay. Anyways, that's, that's all yeah. I wanted to, that's all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, although Rourke, we should mention that your first AIM screen name was the cat's meow. Yes, that's true. That is true. <laughs> so, And your second was the bee's knees. <laughs> Honestly, probably not wrong. Truly really <laughs> hope so.
Um, but we actually, last thing, we actually have had a pet-related weird or not before. Yes. We had a weird or not about, is it weird if they co-parent a pet with their ex? Um, nah. Sean, you're killing yeah. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is, I, that I is deranged. people said weird. <laughs> yeah, no, nah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not weird. It's, it's un, uh, it's, it's non-traditional. It's totally understandable, though. It's totally yeah. understandable because of the, I, the bonds that people, you know, create with these with the, these animals. Who gets to? It's like you can't pick. You can't cut the pet in half. You can pick. I mean, true. I know you can pick. I would. I would. I would be able to do both. I would be able to either pick or let go of the the pet or co-parent. Though that makes no contact very challenging. There would have to be a no uh, contact handoff. I would like tie, I would tie tie the so dog up outside. Fast. Tell me that the dog's outside, and then leave, and then I'll go get the dog. You know, and then I'll get the dog. Yeah, it was seventy thirty. I just looked it up. I was wrong. It was seventy thirty. Weird, nah. So most people are on the same page. Uh, on the same page as you two. I don't think it's yes. weird. Oh, I yes. guess you said nah. Never mind. <laughs> I'm often going to take the thing that like the opposite viewpoint of what a lot of people think. I think I like it. It's going to be a little bit more challenging, but I think it's going to it's going to like be more of a teaching moment. It's great, and it, it's um, great for podcasting. Yeah, it Perfect. is, and I Perfect. I am not going to lie to you. Have selected some of these questions because I know I, I I have just have a feeling based on having seen a lot of your content that it's going to be a good reaction. Perfect. Ooh, can't I'm, wait. I'm ready. Yeah. All right, let's start. Let's go. Uh, I will go first. So. This person did something that I know you hate and they used three question boxes, but I've let it slide because I like the question. It's your account, not mine. I <laughs> they said, seeing someone for four months said we're, quote, on track for a relationship, but he wants to take it slow and we haven't talked about it since. Should I take his silence as an indicator of his interest in a full relationship? Well, first of all, <laughs> you, they've both agreed they're on track for a relationship? Yeah. Yes. That's that to me sounds like business speak that just is just a little weird in the context of like developing an int- you know intimate connection with somebody. Um, and obviously, no, you should never take anybody's silence as anything, right? And, and nor should you take anybody's actions really as anything. The best is to like confirm what the hell is going on. What are we doing? Like regular relationship check-ins are so valuable. Right. And, and if you get started doing that from the beginning, it may, it's sort of like built into the relationship. It's not some weird thing that you have to like fear and be all anxious about and prep for and sort of like take CBD gummies to like really set the stage. You just say like, Hey, can we check, can we check in about, can we check in about our relationship? Uh, you know, uh, how, how how on track are we for for this uh, relationship that we are building? Can we together? circle back? Can we circle back on this? Let's regroup. So, oh, do, you have too, do you have too much on your plate? Uh, I'd like to be one of those <laughs> things on your plate. I'd like to be the main part of your plate. Um, yeah, bring it up often. You know, not not every day, but have a check in like every yeah, couple that could weeks. Be a bit much. It's yeah, I, I think a couple weeks is I, fine. I, Totally agree. It's funny that you said that too about regular relationship check-ins because last week we recorded with Kirsty Taylor, 
who is another person in this dating space that I absolutely love on Instagram and TikTok. And she has regular check-ins with her boyfriend and she like posts about it on her channels and people got very upset about the concept. What's so upsetting about that? Exactly. It yeah, that is that was our point is what what if this is triggering to you then like maybe think about that? I think my guess is that people think that a functioning in a functioning relationship, everything is happening with automaticity. That everyone's just all the time like affirming the other person, saying what they're feeling, saying why they love the other person, and therefore if you're carving it out, there's something wrong. Can we just talk about auto- automaticity? Oh, Rourke is going to throw out words that you Holy have to look crap. up on the side. <laughs> that That's amazing. It's amazing. No, I, love, I mean, I love words like that. Um, it's great. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But then it's just leaving a lot to sort of the assumption of this is how healthy relationships are supposed to look like. Totally. Right. Yeah. And that and the, yeah. what? The, the, this is coded inside of us somehow, all of us. And that we and learned it growing up, our parent in society, right, and coded in, in the our, exact same way. Like the, that other person is coded in the exact same way as you. Yeah, definitely not. Forget it. Doesn't make. I mean, I, I, it sounds great. And if that's the kind of relationship that you have, listener, uh, hats off. You know, full chapeau to you and your easy, healthy relationship. But in my experience, uh, it's never been like that. It's never been that easy. Yeah. I get when I make content about stuff like this, a lot of people will say, well, I just want somebody to know what I want. Okay. Like, well, that, do- that doesn't sound realistic. That's no, absurd. and it's not really a relationship. You know, it's it's like going it's back like to it. sort of that, that is going back to like the, the, the mother-child relationship where, you know, in, in really early infancy where your mother is there to provide you with all of your needs and knows pretty much what you need. I mean, doing a lot, quite a bit of guesswork, you know, when you're crying, but that's what happens. That, that, that's what people are wanting is to like go back to this sort of like, just take care of me without me having to ask for any of my needs. And that's just not how adult relationships work at all. That's interesting. I never thought about it that way, but you're right. I talked about it with my therapist re- uh, this, this past week, actually. Love that. <laughs> I also was just going to say the structure of this question. There's like one time point missing. It's not clear when they had this conversation where they've been seeing each other for four months. When did they say they were on track and where are they now? What is since? True. Like, was it last week? That doesn't. Yeah. You're probably still on track. But not that we think that that. Not that we like condone the the, the conversation as a whole, but like, I, I, I just. Wanted to call that out, that there is some information missing here that I think might have been helpful, despite well, the three that, question boxes used. That's why I don't take multiple question boxes, because people are just going to go on and on forever. And, yeah. you know, the medium is imperfect. The medium, it, it's, you know, I get this all the time. I'll turn one of those stories into a reel, and then people, people will say, well, I think there's some some information missing here. And I was like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. a lot of information missing. I'm not in I'm not like trying to do like a Dr. Phil episode with each of these questions. I take the ones that I find that are interesting and then I answer them in the way that yeah. I think is right and then <laughs> let's move on to something else. Yeah, this podcast is actually serial where we just take one little box and try to figure out what the fuck it's talking about over a course of many weeks. <laughs> Bring them on. Bring the couple, the on track couple on. What are they on track for? I, honestly, oh I would love that. Um anyway. Okay. Let's work. Do you want to ask I the will, next one? We're not doing a great yeah. job at rapid it's fire. Fine. It's fine. 
Doesn't um, Boyfriend of seven months hasn't said I love you yet. How do I get over wanting him to say it first? Oh my God, this is this I this is so frustrating. It's so frustrating, and I I get it. Like I totally understand. Man, this is also so common, right? So yeah. common, and and I hate to generalize, I've but I'm going to do it. Women want the "I love you" first. They want the uh, commitment, engagement, you know, uh, you know, exclusivity talk. They want it to come from the man first. If we're talking about heterosexual relationships, uh, they want to be pursued, not chased. And I, I, I get it also, but like, it's just not a really like it's a low probability move if you're trying to like meet some of your relationship needs. Absolutely. We reel against that a lot. I like re- reply to half my time on in my comment section is spent replying to people that are saying things like that, saying like, well, I haven't heard from him. And my response is like, well, ha- has he heard from you? We all are. We all feel the same way about this thing. And I was walking my dog earlier today and I was talking about the. I was thinking about the masculine and the feminine. Right. And so how a lot of people will say, well, women's role is to step back and let the man step in. And if he doesn't, you know, if he wanted to, he would. If he doesn't, it's because he doesn't want to. If he doesn't tell you he, he loves you, it's because he doesn't love you. And your, your job isn't to, you know, invite him to do it or ask him to do it. It's to be in a receptive role to let the masculine into your life. And I'm just like, yo, that is so esoteric and not realistic. It's not realistic. It's not a good strategy. No, not at all. I do appreciate that this person has added the how do I get over wanting him to say it first so that like they they know that they need to get over this or that they not need to, but that this is something that they don't want to feel. Like I, I at least appreciate that the question is framed that way. Totally. Yeah, I think the easiest way to get over it is to just tell them that you love them. Yeah, I was going to say just do it. And just bypass the whole thing. Sometimes we need to bypass a lot of this, this like overthinking and just like do the scary thing. Um, and I also want to recognize that it's hard, right? It's, it's, if that's something that's really important to you, um, then it might be worth sitting around and waiting a little bit longer. Um, but I don't really yeah. know how to get someone to tell you that they love you other than just yeah, wait. I, but, right. Which th- that doesn't feel like the good option because you're, obviously feeling anxious about it. Just say the, I love you. It's like, yeah. I have a, a post about this where like, an I love you is a gift, right? The, the, one of the things that I want to say is to like, don't, don't say that. Don't say, I love you just so that you can hear it back. Absolutely. Right. That's a transaction. So for me, I, I love you as a gift with no expectation of, of receiving it in return. You might receive it, um, you might not. And then that could be like a really interesting conversation, very challenging conversation about uh, some of these, some of these feelings for you, right? And whether they do love you and uh, what does it mean to say, I love you? Uh, how, how, how was that said in your family? You know, are you, are you, mm-hmm. were you raised in a family where people didn't really talk about that very much or like where your parents never told you that you loved you, you know, like that's totally that could be the situation. So it's like a beautiful opportunity to have a sort of a, a conversation that can bring you closer together. Yeah. I have actually never said I love you first, but not because I was waiting for the other person to, but because they said it before it was on my radar. Yeah. 
Rourke? And in both times, uh... I was like, oh. <laughs> yes, I think that that is actually true for me as well. Where um, I think that I... I said it first in one relationship, but I know that I, but the only, not the only reason I did, I I knew that he felt it, but wasn't sure where I was. And so he was waiting. I knew that he was waiting. Mm. And so I said it at some point and I actually even regret that. I hope he never hears this. I'd be very sad for him. But, um, but yeah, (laughs) now that he'll Wait, why do you regret it? I don't think because I don't think I really felt that way. I think I was just so tired of him being anxious that I said it. Wow, you're very intuitive, very sensitive. Thank you. Yeah, doesn't always cut the right way, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be able to sense someone's anxiety around wanting to say "I love you" into you just like saying it so that they didn't have to feel anxious about that anymore. Yeah, but yes, had some um, tougher repercussions down the line. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, I think I've been the one to say I love you first in all my relationships. So, yeah, um, take, take take that however you will. However you want. Um, okay, my turn. How to tell a guy that's trying to hook up on the first or second date that you don't move that fast? Hey, my dude. <laughs> I don't move that fast. I'm really enjoying getting to know you. Um, if this continues to go well, I think I'll be really excited to have sex with you, but I'm just not ready for that right now. Love it. Pause. Don't have golden, any edits. Golden silence. No apology necessary. It's all good yes. that you want to move that fast. I'm, that's just not where I'm at. Yeah. I think the silence part is so key. Like, I feel like oftentimes in those situations, we can feel like we have to fill silence and not just leave it at what you said. Yeah. In sales, it's called the golden silence. I used to work in sales for Yahoo back in the day. And uh, we learned that, that after you make a huge ask... Or after you like tell them that the price is $250,000, you just shut up because mm-hmm. they have to process what you're saying, right? So homie wants to get down on the second date and you say, I don't get down that fast. He needs to recalibrate. He needs to figure out like, yo, is this worth me hanging out? Or do I need to peace because I'm not going to get what I want? And like filling in the silence kind of ruins that, it like disturbs the the coming to terms with getting the kind of news that you might not want to get. And you just sit there with, you know, with your eyes sort of open, a little expectant, waiting for them to respond. But, you know, people need time. They need a, at least a few seconds yeah. to sort of process what you're saying. My dad is in sales in that his company is a service and so he has to sell his service at some point and something that he's talked to me about that I think applies to relationships as well and it ties into this is that you have to be okay with hearing no that sometimes he'll say he'll be in a pitch meeting with like other people and they're so afraid of hearing no they'll actually never ask so do you want to buy this (laughs) and um (laughs) so like at some point I think you need to be willing to say, you know, so I want a relationship. Do you? Or I want to move slower. Do you want to still move quickly without me? Because that's what you can do. But like you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid of that. No, you have to you have to say what your ask is. Yeah, because I feel like people in this situation are afraid to say that they don't move that quickly because they're worried that that person will say, OK, peace. Right. Yeah. But like, OK. I mean, it's, like a built, it's a built-in filter. 
for people Absolutely. that don't want what you want or don't move at your speed or are in or out of alignment. Yeah. It's like we're just preaching to the choir here. I know. Totally. <laughs> that's one thing that we all are all just like, yep, yeah, uh-huh, that's true. And people at home <laughs> listening are like, yeah, yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, but, you know, I think rejection is hard. People people have a hard time with rejection. I have a hard time with rejection. Um, and... Yeah, it's not going to kill you. I said this once on Instagram and I got like in trouble um, because there are people that have suicidal tendencies that could react really negatively to rejection. So if yes. that is you, you need to do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself to make sure you don't put yourself in situations that are going to be dangerous. Uh, but mm-hmm. for the most part, right, we're not going to die from rejection. We might be embarrassed, super disappointed, devastated, heartbroken. I mean, for me, it's disappointment. That's the one that comes back over and over and over again. I'm disappointed because this is what I wanted. I wanted to spend, continue spending time with you. And I'm getting the impression that you're only really interested in sex or in continuing to spend time with me if, as long as there's sex on the table. And that's disappointing because, you know, I just wanted to keep spending time with you without having sex. So for me, the main, the main emotion that comes up is usually disappointment. And I find it really useful to verbalize that in, in situations by just saying like, you know, let's say homie says like, actually, yeah, I just really want to get down. So I think I'm in a piece. I think it's okay to say like, yeah, I'm disappointed. I was really enjoying spending time. Yeah. I'm disappointed. That's it. Not I'm disappointed in you, not in you, not like the thing that your dad used to say, (laughs) just disappointed. Just disappointed in the outcome. Yeah. And like, I think people are afraid to admit that they are disappointed or that they are sad or hurt or, you know, whatever the feeling is, because I think we often feel like we need to not care. And that's just not a good way to end up caring about someone. Who, yeah. When did like not caring become like the power move? Like whoever cares the least wins what exactly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The world. Okay. World. Really? Oh, okay. I might, yeah. I might give it a shot. <laughs> well, I don't want the I don't want the world. That seems like a lot of responsibility. That's very true. No, thank yeah. you. All right, ready for a new one? Yes. Is there a secret to getting over the fear of a new relationship? Personal walls have been built. I think we might Can be you're... missing information, but we're going to take a stab. <laughs> Can you repeat it? Yeah. Is there a secret to getting over the fear of a new relationship? Personal walls have been built. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of experience with relationship fear. Yeah, I, I sort of. I don't. I love them either. I'm all. I'm all about it. I'm just like. I was thinking about this recently. I will always say yes to love, even if I know it's going to hurt. Right. I, I did love this. That. Uh, That's this very secure. Re- maybe. That's yeah. Maybe. Maybe it is. Yeah, I used to not be so secure. I think I was a pretty avoidant dude in the past. Though I've also been very anxious if I was with a particularly avoidant woman in the past. Um, but I was I was re- replying to this question where someone had said, my boyfriend's leaving in two months and he doesn't want to do a long distance. Should I leave now or should I stay? Mm. And my analogy, which was like, you know, people didn't like was... Something along the lines of, you know, a restaurant is discontinuing your favorite dessert in two months. Do you enjoy it while you can or do you just burn the whole restaurant down? 
And a lot arson, of people said every time. Yeah, arson. A lot of people said bad analogy, and that's fine. Like they're they're not all going to be bangers, but um, in my experience, like I will stay until the end to continue enjoying the connection for what it is, even though I know that it's going to be sad when they leave, even though I know that they don't want to be in a long term relationship, and yet that doesn't mean that we can't still continue to enjoy our time together, right? So. That's sort of an aside from the question, but I think that, you know, it's worth exploring relationships, even if you're scared. Well, that's kind of what my first instinct was, is that if you if you do have this fear of relationships, I don't know if it's realistic to think that you're just going to get over it. Like you can do the thing and also be scared of the thing. Yeah, that's called yes, courage. Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's the, that's the courage. It's not the absence of fear. It's doing it while scared. Yeah. But also it's worth it's worth exploring or recognizing that walls come down slowly. What you know, brick by brick. We don't just like throw a piece of dynamite at the base and blow up the whole thing and now we're wide open for a new relationship because that can be painful and scary and very very risky. So, I guess to answer the question, um how do you get over the fear slowly? Really really slowly. Mm-hmm. One brick at a time with someone that you think is trustworthy, that you can build some safety with over time, right? Relationships are built slowly over time. I'm always wary of anybody who's wide open from the get-go. That to me doesn't make any sense because why would you open yourself up to a perfect stranger? That's how you get hurt. So yeah, it's okay to have walls. It's also okay to like slowly open up to someone. And the more you do that, right? The more that that person shows you that they're safe, the more evidence you have, right? Which can kind of turn into faith that I will be okay in this relationship. Also, while knowing deep down inside that you are probably going to get hurt. That's just a reality. At some point. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless of how awesome and healthy and secure your relationship is, there's going to be a lot of pain. There are no pain-free relationships that I know of. Yeah. I I like what you Uh, said about evidence, where I often ask myself, like, what evidence do I have that this fear that I have is reality? And then I force myself to realize often that the answer is zero. I'm being silly. Yeah. But, well, but um, some people do though, right? They have relationship experience that shows them that it's not safe for them to open up to people. And so I think that's where I mean, it's hard. With the person that you're exper- like with. And so- Oh, cool. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. So like I have past experiences that obviously inform like the current relationship that I'm in. And then I have to ask myself like, okay, is there any evidence that the classmate has shown me that he is going to perform in the way that hurt my feelings when my ex did it? Answer, no. You know, so that that's what I mean. Kind of reality testing. Yeah, totally. 100%. And also what some person like, so what, uh, what one thing that the classmate might do will feel a lot like something that a past lover or partner did, but they're actually different. So there has to be some amount of awareness and being critical, right? Critical analysis about this particular behavior. It feels the same, but is it actually the same? Right, I had a girlfriend back in the day who would get really angry at me for a thing that I used to do. I don't exactly remember what it was, but she goes, "This feels exactly like when my dad used to do this." And then our therapist was like, "Yeah, but he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. It just feels mm-hmm. the same to you, and so you're sort of associating that behavior with this behavior." And so we had to separate the behavior from the feeling. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really my, useful, actually. 
My therapist taught me to ask myself, who told you that? Like when I'm having anxious feelings about somebody like, oh, he hasn't texted me back in five hours. He he hates me now. He's going to break up with me. He's, you know, doesn't like me. Who who told you that? No. Oh, I, I told I told me that actually. Oops. <laughs> You're like, yeah, therapist, you know it's me. I told myself. <laughs> yeah. You're not I very good myself, at this. That's the, <laughs> like that's the problem. I'm telling myself these things help. Is it weird but that it my head is just me. like a floating now? Now it's full. Like I'm just I'm head living just... for it. <laughs> it's actually amazing. It looks like it's actually perfect for the timing of the year. It's like spooky season on this podcast. Yeah, you're you're I, an oracle. Come to the pod. I, I, I asked if I needed to switch t-shirts. I knew this was going to happen. But look, I also have hands. It's amazing. I didn't know this was going to happen, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah. This is this is. I'm in there an Airbnb. Um, next week, I'll have a. I'll be able to control my environment better. It is all good. We super casual on this pod. Um, is it my turn? Yeah, it's my turn. Yeah. Um, okay. Sean seems to be about direct communication, no exceptions. Are there any exceptions? Uh, if what you're going to say is mean and has no actionable item and really doesn't serve a purpose to bring more connection to the relationship. Yeah, I yeah. don't really believe in brutal honesty. I, I don't think sometimes I'll write something that people will be like, whoa, brutal. That's so brutal, brutally honest. And I go, it's like, it's not. It's actually very basically transparent. And we're just not used to it. I don't even know where I picked this stuff up. I, I, I just figured along the way there had to be a better way. Like, why are we hiding everything? Right. I think growing up, a lot of people, a, a lot of us were taught to don't speak ill of the family, keep secrets keep your cards close to your chest. And so like you take all that and then you bring that into the dating world and you've got a whole bunch of people that aren't being really honest about what they want. And it's just not a really great way to get results. I'm sort of like, I'm too yeah. practical for any of these games. I'm just a very practical person. I don't, it's just like a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but yeah, don't be mean. Yeah, def definitely don't be mean. And I also yeah. think... I get similar feedback when I post like my ghosting text script or my no ghosting text script or just telling someone you're not interested anymore. And really all you're doing is saying like, hey, I don't, I don't want to go on dates with you anymore. And people respond exactly like you said, Sean, like, oh my God, brutal. I could never be so mean. Like, yeah. Really? Ghost me. Mean about this. Ghost me. I'd rather you ghost me. <laughs> yes. Like, it's not like my text script says like, I don't want to go on dates with you anymore because you're stupid. Like... <laughs> I'm just not interested anymore. This isn't the connection or I'm not feeling a spark or... Whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, okay. So what about this thing where uh, you feel like you want to tell the person that you love them after two weeks of dating them? Rourke, you want, you want, you want to take that one? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. No, that's fine. The classmate said it to me like after a month and I actually, I said like, I'm... I don't feel the same yet. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I actually I did not apologize. Yeah, I, I think too. Like I don't know. I I don't. Sean, I'm sure this hasn't come on the radar for you. My um my parents got engaged after like six dates. Yeah. And so I have like a little bit of a personally positive script about what I think a lot of people now would consider kind of like a scary love bombing trajectory. <laughs> and they've been married for 39 years. And so uh, 
I recognize that that's probably the exception, not the rule, but it's given me this lens of like, if I don't feel really good about this person by about six dates, that's like a bad sign. Like I I just, I, I think that I want that feeling of sureness. It doesn't mean I love them, but I do feel like pretty, in, I like to feel pretty sure pretty early. I think if, I think it really depends how you spend those two weeks. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a crazy answer, but um, so like, for example, the classmate and I, our third date is he came to a destination wedding with me for four days on the third week that we knew each other. So baller. or not knew that's, each other. I, ba- yeah, that's baller power move status. I like that. <laughs> it was actually, it was really fun. But um, after bit that, a, we Bit of a catalyst. Like, bit of a catalyst. Oh, for sure. We were like, bit, oh, this bit. is either going to implode or work out. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, mean, I would, I I would you- answer it the same way, right? Like, how do you spend those two weeks? And is it reciprocal, right? Is the, is yeah. the tex- texture of the connection reciprocal? Is it close? Do you feel that, uh, that coming from them as well, right? Is there some instinct or some, you know, uh, feeling that it's, it's going to be reciprocated? Then I think it's probably fine. I've definitely said it soon, but I was also much younger. I was like looser. I I was loosey goosey with my I love yous, you know? Just throwing them out there. I mean, Rook, I give you a hard time, but like the same thing happened to me in the oyster. Um, Yeah, but that that did not exactly turn out well. (laughs) No, it did not. No, it did not. In hindsight, you're right. Um, But this guy I dated last year, I think he said, I love you after like, I think it was two weeks actually. Um, but I started dating him sort of in the very beginning of COVID, like right before lockdown in New York. And so there was like a lot of additional time spent together. So I think you're, I think context matters. Yeah. And it's also, you're at the, like the precipice of the apocalypse. Like what's, yep. <laughs> just tell people you love them, you know, like just go for it. Yeah. Very Did we answer the question? Situation. Yeah. 100%. I think so. We cool. Did. Are there exceptions cool, cool. to direct communication? Yeah. 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 Don't be mean. Do yeah okay i have a very short answer to this one (laughs) um how should i handle my partner yelling at me after i try to clarify something that is bothering me set some really strong boundaries with consequences and if it ever happens again like walk away yeah i was gonna say break up (laughs) sorry yeah yeah yours is a little more nuanced than mine (laughs) yeah there 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 has to be yeah i mean breakup is fine walking away is fine um, you can attempt to set a consequence that is not breaking up, right? If you ever raise your voice to me like that, I'm going to leave the room, right? Because we, we don't know how long they've been together. You know, maybe they're maybe they're engaged. Maybe they've been together for years, um, and maybe this is a new thing. You know, who knows? Maybe there's like a bunch of stress yeah. pressure. Um, but yeah, for sure, leaving is is an option. But also, there there can be other consequences that is not breaking up. And that's the tricky thing with boundaries is that oftentimes when you set consequences, the default is we're over. It's over. You do this again, it's over. But I think that there, there are levels of consequences that might be appropriate based on, you know, the context of the relationship. Yeah. Something I think, and this is an example of like needing and not having all the information, but this person might not have all the information either because something that I have worked on a lot based on previous relationships when I was younger, is that I had often a perception that my partner was yelling at me and that I was simply calmly clarifying something when in reality, I was just as escalated as he was. Mm, but that is not that is not my perception or recollection of it. 
and I'm not saying that that's what's happening with this person. We have no idea, but like consider that. Yeah, so. or go to therapy. I mean, I so I used exactly. to, and that's how I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, go to therapy. Go to couples counseling. That I had a relationship where I was the yeller and she was the runner, based mm. on you know family systems, mm. and that's a very common dynamic, right? And the runner, the the runner finds the yeller, right? The avoidant finds the the um the anxious person. I don't really, I don't really talk about attachment theory that much because I don't understand it that much. Um, but we went to therapy and then I, I realized that I had zero conflict resolution skills, none whatsoever. I learned that like whoever yelled the loudest won. I thought that was that that's how it worked. turns out that's not how it works. There are other ways. Yeah, of dealing not, with it. not really. Um, so yeah, you actually one a boundary consequence might be if you ever do that again, either we go to therapy or I'm out of here. I like yeah. that. Or actually we should probably just go to therapy right now. We should probably just do that. Yeah. If anybody brings up therapy, you're like, there should be a rule that you have to go. I love that rule. Can we make that rule like globally? Yeah, at least right five now, sessions. Right it's also, if you ever want to eat in a restaurant, you have to work in a restaurant. I, yes, please. I can I'm immediately <laughs> tell. I can immediately tell when I'm out to dinner with somebody if they've worked in a restaurant before or not. Right away. I will say that I have become, the older I get, the... Like I, so I used to work in a restaurant. I've worked in restaurants for a long time. I'm like really picky now. If the service is bad, I'll be like extra annoyed because of having worked in a restaurant. So I think I'm the same way, but I can discern if it's my server's fault or not. Mm. So like I can tell like, or if they care, like I can kind of figure out like, okay, does it seem like there's just a shit ton going on and the kitchen is really messing up and she's or he is doing the best they can and they're they're trying or do I feel like this person is just totally checked out and bad at this? Yeah, sometimes it's a systemic problem. It's like a restaurant-wide problem where like I, yeah. I'm, I'm never taking it out on anybody, just to be clear. I'm, <laughs> I'm not mean to the... I'm not like a, someone who's like mean to waiters, Uh or You're just servers. like internally noting it. I'm internally no, no, but I also will make comments like to my friends. This happened recently, actually. The, the whole restaurant was like a shit show in a small town in Colorado, and uh, they're locals, and I'm not. So they're like, "Hey, can you like keep it down a little bit? Like, we have to eat here <laughs> regularly, and you're just passing through." Um, yeah, anyways, I have a, a low bar for like bad service or like bad just restaurant dynamics in general. I think I have a low yeah, bar for I agree. bad dynamics in general. I have a very low bar for inefficiency. And I think bad restaurant dynamics are just a, it, it's a, usually it's an inefficiency issue. Get, get your shit together, restaurants. Most of you aren't going to yeah. survive. You know that. So like, <laughs> what's your excuse? You're not that good. Right. <laughs> Very true. PSA, um, finding Mr. Hype Pod. <laughs> yes, seriously. Restaurants. That's, that's actually what this episode is about. Restaurants need to get their shit together. Get your shit together. Yeah, side note. Just a side note. <laughs> um, okay, well, somehow we are at 50 minutes, so we got to like pick and choose our questions now. Yeah. Um, oh, I like this one. Is it a red flag if someone tells you they need you to keep them on their toes? 
I just don't even want to engage with anybody like that. Like this is, this feels like kindergarten. I also don't really like the whole red flag, yellow flag, green flag thing. I think everybody thinks everything is a red flag these days. I think red flags are an opportunity to connect and to go like, Hey, you know what? It's, I find it kind of weird that you want me to keep you on your toes. Like where, what does that, what does that even mean? And where does that come from? Like, do you want me to be your mom? Do you want me to like discipline you? Do you want me to like not reply to your text messages so that you think I don't like you, but I actually like, like what the fuck does that even mean? I have no idea. But I, I like what you said about the red flag thing though, because I think so many people consider red flags like deal breakers, like, oh my God, red flag. No, don't go out with that person or stop talking to that person. And we have a very much uh, a softer understanding of what that means. Like kind of like you were saying. Yeah, let's talk about it. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was going to say like, it's a weird mix, Allie, because I almost think we have a both softer and harder. We're like, I would say like a red flag to us is like far more severe in that like we like take red flags seriously. It's not a red flag if like you don't watch the same TV as me. Correct. Yes. A red, a yeah. red flag is like a potential sign of danger. Right. Not yeah. like something a little odd. It's like a penalty and like you get kicked out of the game, I think, in soccer if you get like a red card. Yes. You're like, yeah. you're out. It's gone. You yeah. know? Yeah. And yellow and card yeah, just, is the warning. Yellow card is a yellow warning. Yellow card is a warning. Many of them. Yeah. So watching The Office is not a red flag. It's no. not. Quoting The Office every three sentences on your first date might be a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Or also just like red flag has gotten conflated with annoying. Yeah. Or different. Something that's like, yeah. yeah, something that's not for you. Cat person, red flag, definitely. <laughs> Please, I'm a, I'm a horse girl. I, I, get, oh, I get maligned regularly. <laughs> yeah. I think people are just looking for opportunities to disconnect. Yeah, mm. agreed. And and not have difficult conversations about things they find a little weird or different. Yeah. Or awkward or, or, or annoying. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. We touched on this one before. Um, does it ruin a potential relationship to sleep with someone you're going out with? Uh no. I mean it can. It depends. Everything depends. It's like everything is like context specific. I have had long-term relationships with women that I have slept with on the second date. I have had long-term relationships with uh, women that I've waited six months, a year even, to sleep with, right? So like, it, if that's not the evidence you need, I don't know what is. And my, you know, my friend Todd Barrett's Your Dying Nonsense is like, he's like really against this whole idea of like, you know, sex will ruin the potential for a relationship. Um. He's basically like, just have, you know, if you want to have sex, have sex. Uh, if you want to be in a relationship, be in a relationship. The one thing I will say is that um, it can affect it. It can affect it. So, of course, everything is a paradox. In my experience, sometimes the beginning of the relationship is glued together with sexual arousal, hmm. right? The desire to have sex is what's keeping some per- people interested. And to continue to see them, right? To like build a relationship with somebody without sex 
actually what I mean to say is that sometimes you'll have sex with someone really early on and someone will just disconnect because the, the arousal is not there anymore. The desire is not there anymore. And there could have been something that might've been a little bit longer lasting. So the answer is both no and yes. And there's really no, I don't think there's any way of figuring out which situation is going to be, you know, more advantageous. Basically, I don't know. I also, I also think for me that there's a bit of a delayed gratification question of sometimes you're not thinking in a long enough time horizon about the impact on your feelings and then the actions that you'll take based on those feelings to like maintain what you've done sort of. I, I, and I know I'm speaking abstracts, but like, for example, if I sleep with somebody on the second date and we don't have any kind of commitment to each other that we've spoken of or made clear between us, then I might get more anxious than I typically would because I know how sleeping with somebody makes me feel. And so I think that it then will absolutely affect the relationship because I'm going to act differently. I'm going to maybe like text more often, like hope for a response more quickly, like hold a little tighter. And that might come off as like, unattractive for two dates in. And it it might be like, I'm probably not being my best self. And so I think that there's sometimes you can be, oh yeah, you can be short-sighted about like, this would feel good. I'm really into this person. Let's do this thing. It's not going to like, I know that it doesn't matter if I want to have sex, I'll have sex. But then there's not a lot of forethought about like, oh shit, here's how it's going to make me feel after it's over. Yeah, I have actually been in exactly that situation where like both of both these situations were one where I've slept with somebody early and then been more invested than I would normally be and then more upset when it didn't turn into something, but I don't think it would have turned into something regardless. Like mm-hmm. I I truly don't think in that particular scenario that I'm thinking about that like having sex with him early mattered. I think we just weren't compatible people, but I was more upset about it because of the like physical boundary that we had crossed and like how I had shared more of my like intimate self with him, if you will. And then the other side of this that I've experienced is where I feel more like we are compatible because of having had sex early. Mm. And it takes me longer to realize – think about the oyster here actually. It takes me longer to realize that we are actually not compatible people for a partnership. Mm. And I am not looking for a, a casual sex partner, so that's not what I was going into it looking for. But like, I ended up realizing that I was almost clouded by that, and then kind of thinking that, you know, oh well, like we got to make it work now because I've like invested so much already. There are so many different answers to this. <clears throat> um, I remember a teacher in college saying the. The longer you keep your clothes on, the higher you raise the ceiling. And he like never explained what he meant. But the way I took it, and this was like a creative writing what, teacher. What, what kind of class was this? Creative writing. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. First day of class. I don't know where he was going. I also wasn't, I was like stoned and not paying attention. Um, but you know, there is something to be said for letting the excitement build. Mm-hmm. Right. I think yeah. that like Dita Von Tees has talked about that is the difference between like burlesque and a strip club. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Oh. That, like burlesque is like excitement building. That makes sense. Yeah. And that can be fun. You know, like it, it can be fun to like sort of play in that gray zone with the teasing and the delayed gratification. Uh, 
while you get to know someone. I think that's like really, really exciting. Yeah. Um, well, Rourke, should we play our little quick game? Yeah. I know. I feel like we've, so, it's typically to like get to know our guests. I feel like we've like shot the shit so much that this is going to be redundant. But um, okay. We like to do just like quick get to know you questions at the end as it makes sense. Don't worry. I love um, it. It's <laughs> like an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right before we hang up. Um, okay. Would you rather ruin the surprise at a surprise party or show up and realize too late that it's a black tie event? Show up and realize too late it's a black tie event. Totally with you. Abs- 100%. Ruin a surprise? So much- That's not my job. I can't. That's not my totally. job to ruin the surprise. Also, uh, then you become a piece like a conversation piece when you're at the, at the black tie event. Very true. Like that guy in jeans. The guy in jeans. Well, I'll probably start serving drinks or something to and and pretend like I work there. Oh yeah, you gotta like Great build move. a. You gotta build some some sort of narrative. Like, oh, I'm the fun build guy. Now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I knew. I don't actually own black tie. I'm against black tie. Something yeah. you, you can you can take a you stand. Can, yeah, I'll roll with it for sure. I'm against the garment industries, black tie, <laughs> black ops. <laughs> you know, you can go conspiracy theory. There's a lot of things you could do. We got a lot of places to go with that. What is the most important trait in a friend? Oh, oh my God. Uh, ability to show up. Mm, that's a really and, good one. And reciprocity. Yeah, I, I think commitment is my answer to that. Like I think a lot of people think that friendships just happen and that like you just meet somebody and you kind of click and then you're friends and then you just kind of coast along together as friends and they don't see it as this relationship that you put work into. Totally. Yeah. You have to show up. I mean, you have to show up. You have to like make an effort. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. It's like, oh, it's almost like romantic relationships also. Oh, yeah. It's almost like all relationships have this in common. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Reciprocity is also my answer. So I, I will not expound. But um, and then last fun one. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, um, Natalie Portman, but also sometimes Kira Knightley. And then back in the day, there was an image of... Natalie Portman morphed, you know, when people are doing face morphing with Kira yes. Knightley. And that was sort oh. of like the best. Like an, like an apex like holy predator. <laughs> you actually can't even tell who's who anymore. They both kind of look like, they look like each other anyways. And yeah. then there's a movie where you get to see Natalie Portman naked. It's like at the beginning of a, a Wes Anderson movie. Is that right? Wes Anderson? No, I don't think she's in a Wes Anderson movie. No, sorry. Those the weird, like the Darjeeling Limited. That's a Wes Anderson movies. movie. Okay, yeah. So the it, it, before the Dar, the, or maybe it's the Majestic, the Grand Majestic, or whatever. There's a short movie with oh. Jason Schwartz. It's like a seven minute movie where she's like a battered, naked woman in a hotel. It's weird, but anyways, I was into it. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my ce- first celebrity crush was Josh Hartnett, specifically Josh Hartnett in Pearl Harbor. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. I owned it on VHS. It took up three VHS tapes. That is how long this movie was. I had a picture of him inside my locker. Cute. Mine is specifically the fictional character, Seth Cohen, portrayed by Adam Brody. Oh, oh that's a good one. On wow. the OC. Do you ever watch, do you ever see the OC? Oh yeah, wait the the cutie, the cutie, the like yeah, the like the, sarcastic, funny guy, the brown yeah. brown yeah, brunette kind of like lean, you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, a nerdy Jewish man, 
10 out of 10 times, seven days a week. Cool. <laughs> um, well, Sean, this was so fun. I'm so glad that we were finally able to make this happen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was a blast. Yeah, this I'm was really super fun. Honored and great. grateful to have spent this hour with you both. And you, us with your floating head. Yeah, you probably should take a photo of this for the <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll be screenshotting a clip to be like, just so everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Say hi. Um, tell the listeners where they can find you. The Love Drive on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, com is my website. S-H-A-U-N-G-A-L-A-N-O-S. I have some courses on intimacy and um, emotional availability and healthy communication. And that's that's it. Or you can find me in Flagstaff, Arizona if you live here. That's where I live now. There you go. If you want to go on a treasure hunt, that's another way. Yeah, let's go on a treasure hunt. Yeah, oh, yeah. told oh. me about your road trip. I had to find a place to live and it was it was hard, but I found it. And I never thought it would be in Arizona. And it was just not on the list, but here I am. What time is it there? Because they, they're always a little bit off. Like they don't do spring. What what don't they do? They don't do daylight savings. There we go. So we're on the same time zone right now. I'm on the Pacific okay. time zone, but then when Great. daylight savings happens, I'll be on mountain time. It's weird. That is very weird. They just like opted out of the whole thing? Yeah, them in Hawaii. Interesting. I didn't know we were allowed to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was on the ballot in California last um, last year. That's right. Talk to your um, your legislators, local representatives. <laughs> well, right. with that, yeah. <laughs> um, well, Sean, thank you again. We will link um, you know all of your social media channels and your website in our um, show notes on the episode's website. And this was so much fun. I had a blast. Thank you both. Have a great night. You too. Bye.